everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. And we have somehow reached episode number 50. And we are going to have a huge, huge blowout to celebrate. Oh, like maybe a little tiny blowout to celebrate. Just, just kidding. About that, yeah. We're actually going to go back to our roots. That voice you hear, of course, is Neil. I'm Tom. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. If we were like professionals, we probably would plan some kind of a big thing. But the fact of the matter is, this show started out 50 episodes ago with just you and I sitting around, you know, BSing, and that's still the classic formula, right? The classic punk to lie die format is two exactly. old guys fucking bullshitting with each other. Exactly. exactly I right. mean, as much as we love guests, and there's still going to be lots more of those, this is actually the first time in a long time that we've done two episodes in a row. It was just two of us. Yep, that's true. Just the two of us. It's fun. Getting closer <laughs> all the time. Are you still drunk so, from yesterday? <laughs> no. I did so so happy Father's Day everybody. Happy Father's Day, Neil. Did you have Thank a nice you, Father's Day? Um I did. You'll probably notice what I did. I went to a graveyard. Because <laughs> that's what that. you do on that's what you do on Father's Day. You go to a graveyard. Yeah, but you didn't go see your father. Maybe your spiritual father. Yeah, my dad is obviously um actually he wasn't he wasn't in a graveyard. He's his ashes were scattered in my uh in the house where I grew up. But oh, is that um, right? yeah. So You don't have a little bit of him like in a coffee can or something on your mantle. No, I have my aunt my one of my old cats and my old dog. I have I have those there. Um, <laughs> well you see how the old man rates, huh? <laughs> we got to be scattered in the yard. But um no, I went to uh, there's a there's a um Chicago's got a ton of great old graveyards. I mean, in, yep. with incredible architecture and stuff. But the one we went to yesterday is the one where all of the uh, 1930s gangsters are buried. So I saw uh, Al Capone's. So that was in the city because I saw you. You sent me a picture of the grave. That was yeah. that was in the city. Well, it's in it's in one of the southern suburbs. It's in Hillside, which okay. is like a western southern suburb. Um, and it must have been a purely Italian cemetery at that time because ah. it's all Italian, man. It was crazy. But yeah, I saw um, very Al- modest, very modest grave for such a notorious figure. Well, he'd been Alphonse, uh, Capone. Yeah. Capone. He'd been, I mean, he'd been in. He died in prison, right? So yep. I, I mean, there, there is a there is a, like a monument thing too for the Capone family, but his grave is just like a little, you know, like a little thing in front of it. Hmm. And then Frank Nitty, who was his enforcer, and Machine Gun Jack McGurn, and who else did I see? Um, I don't know. There was a couple of other ones too. I mean, like there's tons, tons of those. Uh, but they're all in that Catholics. one cemetery. They're all in that one cemetery. Yeah. Wow. The, the only good, one that's good not Catholic, good Catholics, no doubt. Right? Exactly. The only one that's <laughs> not that I would want to see is um, John Dillinger's uh, cemetery. So I've got to find out where John Dillinger is. Buried. Now was he a Chicago guy too? Um, I don't, I don't know if he was Chicago or Indiana, but he was killed outside the Biograph movie theater in Chicago. So that's where he was. Uh, that's where he was, which is still standing, um, and it's actually right across the street from one of my famous, um, one of my favorite pubs in the city, the Red Lion, the original Red Lion. Which you were just hanging off, not that lo- hanging out that not that long ago, right? That's or the, was that different? That's the other Red Lion. There's two Red ah. Lions. It's a little complicated, but yeah, the super touristy one is the one across from the Biograph. So you can see people hmm. doing, you know, they have like gangster tours and stuff like that, where John Dillinger was shot outside of it. Um, John Dillinger played by um, uh, what's his face. Damn it! Drawing a blank on his name. The actor who uh, who was in Edward Scissorhands, Johnny Depp. He oh, was, I never saw that. He was played by Johnny Depp, and uh, hmm. I can't remember what that movie was called. But it was pretty good, actually. But yeah, he played John Dillinger in that. Hmm. So anyway, that's what I did yesterday. How so about, did you do that with your daughter? I did. Um, we did that because she she loves she loves uh, cemeteries. Of course. And 
so we did that, and then we went to the red line, the other red line, um, and uh, and had some booze. So it was uh, it was all right. It was a good go. it was a good Father's Day. Could have done with being a bit sunnier. It was warm, but it was uh, super overcast, like threatening to storm the whole time. Did you uh, did you get any good gifts, or is just you know hanging out hanging out good enough? I'm gonna get some stuff. They uh, it wasn't particularly well organized, so I'm sure I'll ah. get something, but nothing yesterday. But you did, I believe. Well, I did, but I my I actually. My, my, I'm so predictable, you know. My kids just at this point just give me records because what else are they going to get me, right? <laughs> it's easy. So, but it, yeah. but it was actually we had a, we had a nice day too. It ended up because I thought it was going to rain, but it ended up being a real nice day. So I, of course, you know, threw some shrimp on the Barbie. No, mm-hmm. we didn't. We threw some sausage <laughs> on the Barbie. And uh, my my, I we we had taken my dad out to dinner last week actually on Thursday and my mom. So, but they came over, and all of my siblings came over, and um, both of my siblings, I should say, and my brother brought his, brought his kids, which are pretty young. And believe it or not, my grandmother and grandfather came over for a bit. So. Holy shit! And you were all wearing masks. Yeah, my, gran- I assume. my grandparents are are, <laughs> are older. They're pushing, you know, they're closer to ninety than eighty. Yeah, but they're they're in pretty decent health. So that was actually it was actually pretty cool. You know, I my grandparents don't live far away, but the fact of the matter is, you know, they are to the point now where you realize it's, you know. You, you ain't gonna, they ain't gonna be around forever, so it's always cool when they come around. And yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see everybody. It was nice to have some nice weather and hang outside. And uh, yeah, so my so you breathed on them with your COVID germs, then, right? Pretty much, okay, kill yeah. grandpa, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Well, you know, and we've been we went out to dinner Saturday night too. Now it was an outdoor like patio place right on Lake Michigan, which was which was really cool. It's funny. Okay, so. Now let me let's finish Father's Day and then I'll tell you that because the, the talk about the city we were in Saturday real briefly, but um, so yeah I got um, the replacements Let It Be, which I think there was some other no name band about fifty years ago that had an album called Let It Be. Too, but <laughs> yeah, nobody really fun, cares funnily about enough, that, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody really cares about that. Yeah. Um, so what, Let It Be was it was that their a later album was that was no, that no 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 it was definitely I only really care about the Bob Stinson era like the early stuff. Okay. Wait, you know, we someday we'll do a show, and well, maybe we can even do it today. We'll see. Where I talk about, you know, because there's certain bands that like people who don't really like punk music love, right? So that they can like lay some claim to liking punk rock. And unfortunately, the Replacements are one of those bands, but it's always the later stuff, right? No, so it's, like, it's just like the Clash with London Calling, it's, right? It's the three bands that, that get under my craw and actually make me sort of irritated towards the bands because they have so many people like that are the Clash. The replacements and Fugazi, because they just—it's like I'm sorry that later Fugazi stuff, or that modern band that Ian MacKay does. I, I love Ian. I'm, I don't want to trash. Karapi, yeah. But his Porkily, Kariki, I believe it is Kariki, but we'll call them Karapi because they. But suck. anyway, yeah, 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 it's it's bad. But anyway, it's like they want to like have that punk connection, but they don't. God forbid they actually listen to something that sounds punk, you know? Yeah. Oh, the Ramones are stupid. Well, you know. See, I would, I would almost. The albums are, are art rock. I would almost put social distortion in that in that field too, because um, actually one of the, I mean, I I love Social D. Obviously, we both yeah. do. But one of the reasons I stopped actually going to see them live is because one of the last few times I went to see them, um, there was just like a bunch of like dickhead jocks with like, uh, what are those like, not baseball caps, but those like. What what the hell would you even call it? It's just like the peak and like on like an elastic band. 
And they oh, had those, like a like a like the tennis players were like a visor. Like a visor, yeah. It was a visor turned backwards. So I was like, oh, but this wow. scene, this scene isn't well, from this scene isn't for me anymore. <laughs> but you know, they always were a major. Well, not anymore, but they were a major label yeah. band. They always and they play a little more upscale venues. Yeah, that was at House of Blues, and I was like, "Fuck this! This isn't for me anymore." Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, there's a few bands like that for me, like Dropkick Murphys. I can hardly stand to go see them because the crowd is so annoying. But I mean, it's like, at what point do you blame the band for that? I, I don't know. It's not really their fault. All right. right. Agreed. Um, but I also got what else did I get? Oh, I got the first Metallica record. It was the only one I still didn't have on vinyl, which is Kill 'Em All. I think I bought that about three or four, five times over the years. Um, and I got uh, the newest Sick of It All album, which I didn't have physical yet either. That was that was called Wake the Sleeping Dragon. Cool, <laughs> you know, punk hardcore record. Okay, sounds like some kind of dirty uh, porno movie. <laughs> the Angry Dragon. <laughs> no, Wake but it the was, Sleeping uh, Dragon. But I got to tell you that you know the the thing with Sick of It All records, at least their modern ones, not the older ones so much. But they have the cover art where you really actually appreciate the the bigger format you know oh yeah Not sure the, yeah i know the, what you mean full, yeah yeah full 12 it's, it's got like a really cool like painting movie movie poster type thing mm-hmm. and then my my daughter actually she bought me so my daughter you know girls love target right girls love to shop at target mm-hmm. well target's pretty so, cool all the way around really what's that i said target's pretty cool all the way around they have a lot of stuff and, I am not a big target fan no but hmm. nevertheless it's funny i used to go there all the time but i went there the other day or the other day, probably several months ago, before all this crap, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I had like a gift card or something, and I couldn't find anything I wanted. Really? It's kind of shocking, actually. Well, I tell you what, but, you need to buy, you need to get a frame for that fucking Mike Ness poster, buddy. Yeah, no, no, I'm working on that actually. Yeah, they target. My, uh, it's a perfect place. That's, that's Hobby Lobby, dude. <laughs> oh, you can't go there. That place yeah, is go like Hobby Lobby. And then we we'll go eat Chick Fil A after. Dude, religious nutcases. You can't eat there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I just want a frame. <laughs> Dude, if I, I always, I, I, I've said this before, Neil, and I'll say it again. If I didn't buy things from people I disagreed with, I would not have anything. Yeah, it's not open on a Sunday, though. That's what the problem with that place, right? Oh, well, neither is Chick-fil-A. They still make a delicious, juicy chicken sandwich. Oh, I thought you were joking about Chick-fil-A. Oh. No, we don't hardly have them around here anyway. We do. We have a few, but not, not very close. Nothing convenient for me. But anyway, it doesn't matter. That That's punk rock right there. I, I, here's the bottom line. My wife has to go to Hobby Lobby for something else, and I'll probably have her pick it up for me well so yes anyway the mic but no my daughter yes. actually bought me a record from target and it's like target's thing with their records it's obviously pretty mainstreamy for the most part but it's a weird collection of eclectic classic rock and modern rock and stuff but they do like their own colors like like this is the target exclusive oh they so do she, they have they have exclusives huh yeah so she bought me the actually bought me the pulp fiction soundtrack on yellow Oh, that's cool. Which, I gotta tell you, I actually have that on CD, and I do love that soundtrack. And that would be a really great, like, the whole family could listen to an album if it didn't have all those, like, sound clips from the dialogue. Well, so, I, actually, I've never I've never seen the soundtrack, so what stuff is on the soundtrack of that? What songs are on it? Well, like, Jungle Boogie, Cool and the Gang, uh, you know, Counting Flowers on the Wall, that don't bother Ricky Nelson. Um, there's that, uh, that Chubby Checkers song, like the... Twist, doesn't it? Goes to show you never can tell hmm. from the dancing. The dancing. Uh, the only real modern, the only modern song is actually uh, I'm sure one of your old Chicago favorites, "Urge Overkill." Oh, doing, doing "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon," the old Neil Diamond song. Sucks so bad. But it's mostly like '70s yeah. funk and weird. You know, his Tarantino's movies always had kind of weird soundtracks, but yeah. it's fun. Dude, they so. were one of those bands. Did, did you ever get into "Urge Overkill"? Um. 
you know, we went and saw them when they were really early on. When they because they had one big, big radio hit. It was called uh, Sister Havana hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And I saw them at a pretty big club here in Grand Rapids. My wife and I. I don't know if we were married at the time or not. Um, and the drummer broke his arm or something, so they had to have somebody else sit in. It was they, they yeah, they didn't do much for me. Yeah, they were one of those bands that got massive publicity. Uh, at least in Chicago, they did. They were like massive, and uh, I never, never understood it because to me, they were just nothing more than bog standard, average, you know. But that was the alternative era, you know, that kind of alternative rock era. They fit into that. They wore suits. They had flappy hair. Yeah. It, well, so when when the Foo Fighters played at Wrigley Field a couple of years ago. Um, the bill was Foo Fighters, then Cheap Trick, then Urge Overkill, and Naked Raygun were at the bottom of the bill. So, well, fu- but yeah, but, fuck but that. I mean, Naked Raygun is the best of those bands, but they're not a, a draw. Even to have them play in an arena is kind of wild, isn't it? Yeah, but they still they should have played over Urge Overkill. Was my point? They shouldn't be playing behind I mean, Urge Overkill. I, fuck I guess. Sake. I mean, but Urge Overkill was like you know they used to sell the. Two shows in a row at the Metro or whatever. I don't know that Naked Reagan does that at this point. Well, did, did did you ever? Well, that was my point, I guess, that they're really overrated. Um, did you ever see that Foo Fighters documentary or the series of documentaries that What's His Face did, Dave Grohl did about the Foo I Fighters and stuff? So the one about Chicago was interesting because I guess Naked Reagan was the first band he ever saw live. Hmm. So he's got a lot of love for Naked Reagan, which is why isn't they got asked. To, DC? He's from DC or something, isn't he? Yeah, he was played drums and scream, right? So, yeah, but yeah, but, the yeah, later but version, like a later version of. Scream, but yeah, he, like it was the, the first show he went to was Naked Reagan at Cubby Bear, right across from Wrigley Field. So hmm. it all came full circle a couple of years ago. Actually, a couple of years ago it was 2015. Fuck. Um, hmm. But yeah, right. so we, that's why Naked Reagan got asked to be on that bill, I guess. Hmm. That's so, cool, though. I mean, that's a yeah. cool gig for them, but it's. I bet you most people were either indifferent or not even in their seat yet. Well, I'm sure there was like a hundred, na- uh, you know, rabid Naked Reagan fans who went. Some That's of those true. Assholes from who, the Facebook who page. paid paid three hundred fifty dollars. Yep. Yeah. Now the funny thing is, I actually I actually have a poster from that, and it must have been done from. Actually, you can see it on that picture of my wall. Um, it must have been done by a fan of the band because it's got the order back to front, so it's got Naked Reagan at the top. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Like the so. stupid way that European people do dates, right? <laughs> yes, so yes. They do the day before the month. And, and now I agree with you. I, I agree I agree with you now. When I, you I get confused like, hey, by that. Uh, fight words, huh? Well, all right. Listen, man. Why don't I play a song? Yes, why do you play a song? And then we'll, hey, come, I, back and talk, and then we'll come back and talk about Dave Growl because I, I'm curious to... I, I have some thoughts on him. Do you have the microphone like really far away from your mouth today or something? I don't think so. You I actually bumped quiet. it up a little. Oh, okay. Because you, yeah, you seem all like right, you're I very subdued. now. You subdued today. Maybe you're not yelling like normal. Well, it's it's you know it's ninety freaking degrees for one thing. And uh, but anyway, I pushed it up closer. We'll see if that helps. Alrighty. I mean, I literally have it at the top of my beer belly right now instead of like <laughs> mid beer belly. Well, maybe you lost some weight. See, maybe that's the problem. No, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> okay. You know, for Father's Day yesterday, one thing I did do, you know, so my my old, my parents and grandparents are 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 not drinkers at all, but my brothers and sisters and. Hello? We kind of waited till they left, and then I just started drinking beer at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, you lose seemed, me? just for a second. Yeah. So you were saying you were, oh, you were drinking say, yesterday? I drinking beer at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I just drank steadily through till like midnight. I must have had. I bet you I had like eighteen or twenty beers. Holy shit, dude! I mean, I never got drunk or anything. I was drinking Miller Lite. I was just drinking it all day. It was just oh, that one's gone. I'm gonna get another one. 
I, I picked up a case on the way home from work on Friday, and then I bought another 15 pack. So I went through about 40 of them. <laughs> Jesus, dude! I gotta quit doing it. I, I just, I gotta, I gotta. So I'm taking today off. I'm drinking some nice ice water. I'm, I've got a big, huge ass gin and tonic right now. Actually, there but, you go. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you want to play something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, obviously, right now we, we got all this weird social stuff going on right now, and and we just celebrated Juneteenth, which was only something most of us have become aware of in the last couple of years. In the last couple of days. Yeah, for me. I'd say without without <laughs> only, without without making too big of a deal out of it, I've actually picked some songs. Um because let's face it, I, I made the joke a couple weeks ago, this this podcast is a cracker factory. And the fact of the matter is that obviously there's been a lot of black artists have made contributions to punk and hardcore. So I just randomly picked out a few of my favorite bands with black people in them to play songs well I, I hope it doesn't come across as patronizing i just thought it would be you know just my theme for the week or whatever sure. so so uh let's do first let's do um the bull weevils who are from chicago also yep their singer is a guy named daryl wilson who's a real who's a really great front man and i believe a doctor an er doctor or yeah something. i he's, believe so yeah, he's actually been doctor. all over the internet lately because because if you were having COVID-19 or whatever, what do you want to do? You want to talk to the punk rock doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, he's a great front man. Uh, and I seen him a bunch of times in the last few years, and they're still great. So I heard this song originally. It was on a compilation called Chicago versus Amsterdam or something like that. It's a seven-inch, and it had a, had uh, 88 Fingers, Louie, and Bull Weevils on one side. and the other side, it had NRA and Funeral Oration, hmm. two great old Dutch bands. So anyway, this song, this is Bull Weevils, it's called Talk People. Bull Weevils talk people. Um, 
So it's funny I hadn't heard either of those Dutch bands that you were talking about. But man, you love oh, your both you, great. you love your Dutch bands, don't you? Well, those those bands are great. You'd yeah. love them. Well, maybe not. I mean, they're they're very '90s sounding. Yeah, but great great bands. Um, you know the the uh, the great thing about those later Chicago bands, Bull Weevils, Eighty Eight Fingers, Louie, they always like to you know they'd always play effigy songs and mm-hmm. naked gun songs and like that. It's like they had a real sense of their history. You know that they were kind of like a next generation, even though they were what, like five years older, maybe maybe ten tops. Well, that's funny that you say that because actually, one time I was doing my and this is a while ago, but I was doing the regular thing I like to do, which was argue with people on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was it, time, old man. it was probably something to do with Riot Fest or something, and it was about oh, there's some Chicago legend bands playing, and the Ball Weevils were mentioned, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't call them. Chicago Legends, you know, it's not like we're talking about the effigies on Naked Dragon, and uh, <laughs> I'd say they're about the same level, honestly. And the guy from the Bull Weevils came on and agreed with me. So, <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. Was, was it Daryl or was it one of the other I think guys? it was Daryl. Yeah, he, he agreed. No, with me. they're they're super nice guys. Um, I don't I don't pretend to know them really, but just talking to them a little bit here and there at the show. Um, so you you know we we talk boy that's two topics that you just kind of inadvertently stumbled into. First one being the Dave Growl thing. So obviously he's most famous. He played drums in a later version of Scream. He's from right. Washington, D.C., I guess. Somehow ended up on the other coast, obviously, and became the drummer for Nirvana before the Nevermind album. He was not the original drummer. Okay. But then they made that Nevermind album. And, you know, I, I haven't read any of the documentaries, the Kurt Cobain documentaries, but I did listen to like a like a radio documentary kind of thing with a guy who had written a book. And it was, it was actually really fascinating they that that Nevermind album was such a success that even after one album, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana in general could call their own shots hmm. because they sold so many records on that one album. So they all became very very wealthy, mm-hmm. literally you know. Night, um, and obviously we know how that story ended. Only about three years later, but you know, a sad, sad story. Honestly, you know guy and and I, he guy was only a few years older than me and i remember going man this guy had everything that we all thought we wanted and he just you know couldn't keep it together so it was kind of sad i never i never got a chance to see him even though i do enjoy their first couple of records but anyway you know and so a lot of people hate dave growl i know because you know he started the food fighters and they've been very successful but i actually think he seems like a pretty decent guy like he's hmm. on every documentary as a talking head. You got you got he thoughts is. on him? Um, yeah. Because I know a lot of people really. He seems to rub a lot of people wrong because he has that kind of big kid just having fun playing music thing going. Yeah, and, and just, they see it as insincere, but I I don't I don't know. Okay, he just seems like too much of a nice guy to me, and that always like gets my hackles up and makes me suspicious. I don't know. Yeah, there's something about him that just kind of rubs really, me the wrong that, way. That says more about your character than his, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, afraid. It, might, it might do, or he might be a complete egomaniac he in might, that he case. He might be. Yeah. I have no, yeah. The, you know, I think what I like about him is he's got a listener of auto money, right? And he's got the Foo Fighters money. I mean, he's a very wealthy guy, right. but he participates in all these little projects where he's not going to make any money. And not only is he not going to make any money, he probably finances them. Like he did, like the, there was a blast album for a few years ago. A mm-hmm. few years ago, he he played drums on it. I I bet you that came out of his pocket. Hmm. So so I'm saying he does use his money for good. He's not just sitting in his gold plated mansion, eating you know the most expensive food on earth, stuffed with the second most expensive food on the earth. Like Billy, and maybe Bragg. he's doing that too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but he's also financing blast albums and things like that. Hmm. I guess that's he, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
He, but it, it seems like he's played drums. I mean, if you go in his disc guys, which I'm not going to do right now, but I bet you he's played drums. I bet you'd be shocked how many things he's played drums on. And why the Foo Fights are so shit then? Well, you know, I don't think I don't think they're even shit. I just think they're bland. They're just radio yeah. rock, you know. Yeah, yeah. As far as that kind of music goes, yeah. I don't think it's really that bad. I mean, they're not like Five Figure Death Punch bad, right? Right. No, for sure. No, yeah, that that that's true. Yeah. So, hey, why don't you play a song? And well, then do, we should... no, hold on a sec. No, okay. I, I don't want to get off that because did you see that talking about Nirvana? Did you see what that auction yesterday? Uh, the guitar, that acoustic guitar. His acoustic guitar, six million dollars. I thought that was a fucking misprint. That's crazy, huh? Oh my god! Did he leave his stash in there or something? Right, a bit of his head. I don't. <laughs> that is a legendary live show. Maybe not to you, but to the next generation. That's a that is a legendary live show with six million bucks for an acoustic guitar that he played on MTV for what fifteen minutes. For a beat minutes? up acoustic, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it'd be cool if it was in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something. But what, what's what's a private person going to do with this thing well listen i mean beatles stuff i'm sorry i'm sorry you know i mean everyone yeah, not like yeah, the beatles and stuff but beatles stuff doesn't sell any anywhere no. close to that like original well, acetates and shit us, if paul mccartney would do us a favor and leave the mortal coil maybe his old hoffner bases would go for more money well, i'm sure they go for six million that was that was insane you know yeah. for a band that really only what two albums uh they did three proper studio albums and then there's been tons of other stuff hmm that 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 acoustic live album might be their second best selling album after Nevermind. That was very 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 popular. Yeah, hmm. it was good. It had some Meat Puppet songs on it and stuff. It was cool. I mean, I I know it's probably not your thing, but I, I do like that album. I never liked Nirvana particularly. I thought they just sounded too much like their influences, and I never like I was like, if you didn't listen to this, why don't you just listen to Black Flag, or why don't you just listen to what they're basing their sound on? But whatever. Yeah, you know, it's but fine. it was. But I guess you know. So when there I grew up in, which was. You know, listening to '80s. You know, I, I've confessed that my first musical love was hair metal. Yes, sir. I mean, that was what that was my era. You know, and I started getting to like I heard the Ramones in like '87 or something. I'm like, holy crap, man! This is like has all the parts of the what I like, but it doesn't have all the stupid stuff too. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, so the radio was really brutal at that time. You know, what was on the radio? Tesla, Great White, stuff like that. And then to hear Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'll give you that, yeah, for sure. That came yeah. out the year I graduated high school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, wow, that was really a, a blast. So, I, so I think, I think you got to put it into perspective because five years later, four years later, by the time, by the time he uh, swallowed his shotgun, there were so many bad fifth degree copycats of Nirvana that 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 it was just that you know it was all it was over. It was ruined at that point, you know. Yeah, I, I think you could argue that like by the time Stone Temple Pilots made it big, two years later, it was already over. But yeah, it's it's it's. But anyway, like I said, you got to kind of put it in perspective. I know you have bands like that too, where you're like, you know, maybe they don't stand up to your favorite records, but at the time, you know, maybe they sounded good to you. I know you like a lot of that '90s Brit pop and stuff. At least for its era, maybe it was some of the best stuff coming out, even if it's not as good as, you know, the Effigies or Naked Raygun or whatever. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So. Yeah. Why don't you play a song, and then we should talk about that Riot Fest lineup. Holy cow. Oh, that's a good plan. Um, yeah, so, okay, so let me introduce this a second. So, today I'm going to be playing songs from my hometown of uh, Merseyside, basically. M- not just Liverpool, but Mer- the whole of Merseyside. I come from the other side of the River Mersey, a uh, town called Wallasey, and it's by Birkenhead. Um so one of the things Facebook is good for, right, is getting you in touch with old 
friends or you know people you haven't seen since high school or whatever and that happened to me twice over the past couple of weeks just completely randomly really um i got in touch with two of my old friends from high school mm-hmm. um and it, it both times it was over music so um let me guess you arguing with them over it no no not at all no there was a, there was a, <laughs> it was a picture on the orchestral maneuvers uh page because orchestral ah. maneuvers are from my hometown too. So mm. um, they put up a picture of a pub that they, when they first started, that they played in, and I was like, "Oh shit! I used i I was there last summer or whatever." And another guy posted up, uh, posted and said, "Yeah, I, I drink in there all the time." And then I recognized his name, and it was sure enough, it was this guy I went to high school with, right? Mm. And, um, and then he started posting about. Uh, he posted some like old. Um, flyer from from shows in liverpool from like 1980 or something like that and so i posted on that thread and then this other old friend of mine got on there and started posting about that too so i i've reconnected with these two old friends of mine from from back home which is cool so hey ghetto hey steph if you're listening um so that just got me thinking shit i'm just gonna play some i'm gonna play some stuff today from liverpool because even though there weren't a ton of punk bands coming out of liverpool it was more well known for its post-punk scene um there, you know there were some bands so uh i'm going to do that today so i'm going to start i'm going to start off with uh this is a band from uh, called the Spitfire Boys from 1977 and um they only had one single you probably never heard of them right tom spitfire no, boys no I have not. yeah they had one classic single called british refugee and um budgie plays drums on it who went on to play drums with Susie and the banshees and Paul Rutherford is on it, who went on to be fame and fame and fortune with uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So, oh. but anyway, this is uh, the Spitfire Boys with British Refugee. Just us. 
Spitfire Boys, British refugee, like I say, from mm-hmm. Liverpool. Um, Paul Rutherford and uh, and Budgie playing on that, amongst other people. So, so there you go. So, so it was announced, and I love this, like how they spin these things, right? Because if you were doing an annual festival, you can't reschedule it. I mean, you're essentially canceling it, right? I love these yearly things. You're like, oh, we're postponing it till next year. That's not postponing. You're skipping yeah, you it. Canceling. You're canceling. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and and so Riot Fest came out with their first wave announcement. So previously, so for 2020, Riot Fest is in September in Chicago. Started out very punk, has been going away from it for years. Um, the they had announced that My Chemical Romance would be doing their would be playing the would be the headliner, headliner but they hadn't yeah, announced the any other yeah. bands. Which I gotta tell you, man, the, what was it? There's a handful of big reunions this year, and neither of them I could give a crap about, honestly. And it's My Chemical Romance and Rage Against the Machine. And I believe 2020 might have just bucked its ugly head and said, you know what, we don't want all this retread garbage. Give me something different because they have totally screwed these two reunions, right? Right. Now they're going 2021. But but they announced the first wave of bands, and you and I were commiserating about it. I mean, we had considered, both of our daughters love My Chemical Romance, and I had considered taking my daughter. She would love to go to Riot Fest. She would just have the best time. Right. Um, but but they're not, they're, it's so brutal. The lineup is so bad. I, I mean, mean. Circle Jerks is pretty much one of the only bands on that, there. That, that was would, about it, right? Yeah, that I would want to give any time there to at all. There was a couple further down, but I mean, so so the top top band is Michael Romans. That's going to be the headline no matter what. The second band listed is Smashing Pumpkins. Now I'm not anti Smashing Pumpkins. I saw them a couple times back in the day. Mm-hmm. But th- but they're a glorified club or theater band. Right. I mean, th- for them to be second on the list. Right. And then it's literally got the worst of 2000s punk, and I'm making asterisks, or I got an asterisk, or I'm making air quotes around punk, because it had, like, Newfound Glory and, uh, what was the other one? Newfound Glory and A Simple Plan, two of the very worst, <laughs> I mean, they, they don't even deserve to be called punk bands, honestly. Well, I was saying, I was saying that's Run Lydia. Run the Jewels, who's very popular with the kids, or a hip-hop band, I don't listen to them. Pixies see what I said about Smashing Pumpkins, same kind of thing. And then, like, Coheed and Cambria, Taking Back Sunday. Fucking awful, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thrice. Circus Survive. It's just one worse than... And then you got, like, Lupe Fiasco. I mean, just not even rock, you know? Man, I, I don't think I'll be making the pilgrimage in 2021. 20, well, I was... I was sublime, jo- with, sublime with Rome. Dirty heads. I mean, it's brutal. What are we having a... Pothead yeah. beach party here? Yeah, it's awful. Um, so I was joking with Lydia, my daughter, yesterday that, you know, My Chemical Romance, and also another one of her favorite um, early 2000s um, bands, All American Rejects, was going to be playing too. So oh, I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was saying to her, it's going to be her. She's going to be in emo heaven because it was, you know, all those, yeah, simple plan, all, all, all that kind of shit. Don't, all American Rejects don't bother me as much as some of those bands. I right. don't know why. I mean, I'm not well, going they, out They don't have any pretends to be anything else other than what they are. I think that's are, what right? it is, yeah I, I, yeah. I wouldn't go out of my way to see them, but... Um, I just thought but, that yeah. it, was always, it would always be funny if the Cockney Rejects were on the same bill and they ended up beating them up or something. I always thought that well, would be kind of funny. Well, they always used to have some of those bands. They used to have some of those bands. I mean, GBH was supposed to play this last year, and there were other bands, but, but it, I mean, maybe they'll add some of that stuff, but holy cow, is that bad. 
Well, they're not going to—they're not going to be putting anyone up there to replace the headliners. I don't think. I mean, obviously, no one's going to be bigger than My Chemical Romance. Nobody's going to be bigger than My Chemical Romance, but right. they got it. Bands bigger than Smashing Pumpkins and the Pixies, right? Well, you would think so because Pixies play every five minutes. For God's sakes, they've been reforming for the past twenty yeah, years. Yeah, it's too bad because they were—I I actually like the Pixies, but yeah, they've sort of diluted their brand to a certain extent. Completely. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because now it would just seem weird. I mean, there probably will be a Cockney Rejects or a GBH or something. Not those bands necessarily, but something like that further down the bill. But at this point, the crowd you're drawing, does they even care about that? No, I mean, what I mean, what they should and do. Listen, they can do they can do whatever they want. And I understand some people are looking at this and they're just foaming at the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, one and of the, the guys on Maybe they don't Punk care about was... the old guy money anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, well, maybe what they should do is, I mean, it's over three days. So put like all the punk bands on one day, put all the emo bands on another day, and put all those like rap and whatever oh, pop bands on another day. But you know that would make so much sense then, because I wouldn't have to go all to all three days. No, because you want to go Sunday. If you want to take your daughter on Sunday to see My Chemical Romance, I guarantee there won't be one other good band on Sunday. Well, the good news is she'll be she'll be old enough to well not only can she drive, but she can also drink by that time too. So by this time next year, by twenty twenty one. So, so you're, what you're be, saying is your daughter? Will be I don't have to, to go. Drive. Yes, well, I don't have to go. Yes. Well, I'll tell you she what. Can go by if, if, if I go with my daughter, and if we do, and you do, I mean, obviously we'll meet up or whatever. And I don't, I don't think the odds are real good that it's going to happen. But I will definitely be drinking. I don't know about. I, I, I will probably insist that my daughter doesn't. But well, dude, you better start saving now because the beers there are like ten bucks a piece. Yeah. I know. Well, she will only be no. My daughter will only be twenty next September, so she's only nineteen now. So yeah, that will not. Well, we can drop so. off the kids and we'll go to you know. Then, you know what? We'll go no, to Reggie's. That's, that's a pretty decent idea, actually. Yeah. Drop the kids off somewhere and then come pick them up and say, "All right, here's the keys." Yeah, because I tell you what, that's a that's a shit neighborhood. So the idea of having my daughter wandering around there at night trying to find a car well, doesn't thrill me the, with as joy. As long as they're in the fence, the anarchy zone. No, but I'm no, saying say they've, with the greatest they've got to get the disdain. they've got to get their car afterwards. Is what I'm saying. In that yeah, neighborhood, it's not, it ain't great. So. Yeah, listen, but man, yeah, it's a, g- it's a it's a it's a p. Oh yeah, talking about our kids though, right? Um, yeah. it's a piece of shit lineup. It really is. I mean, every year it gets worse and worse, right? Every year. Well, and wow. I think you know, like as a part of it's our age, and they're they're trying to appeal to a bigger, a bigger crowd, you know. But but at, but at this point, when your headliner is My Chemical Romance, is there even a point in putting a Peter and the Test Two Babies on there or something like that? Oh, it's a play for twenty minutes to like yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, is it, is it enough for an old like is it like or whatever, whatever the old British band that you'd love to see that you've never seen before? I mean, are you gonna spend two hundred bucks? No, no, to sir. To see them play for a half hour on outside at two p.m. No, I, I made that decision a few years ago when Buzzcocks played. Um, play, I think I that's saw the, that. I think that's the one that you went to, right? Yeah. And I and I was like, the only band I want to see today is Buzzcocks, and I'm not gonna pay that kind of money and go out of my way for thirty minutes, you know. That was the year it rained, and it was so muddy. It was miserable. Is that the replacements here? Yes, I yeah, think so. Okay. Which I'm so glad I got to see that, because that was really good. I mean, I saw the big reunions I saw the years I went were uh, the replacements and Iggy and the Stooges. That's a good one. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one was, but it was cool. It was, it was real cool. Yeah. You know... Last year I went to that camping thing, right? Or two years ago. Oh, I Camp Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, no anarchy. There was camping, I'll give you that. But it very, very, you know, don't step out of line. It was one of the least anarchy spots I've ever been. But, you know, it's funny. I was talking about 
you know, I always thought that Dead Kennedy's reunion was just there was just zero chance it was ever going to happen, right? But mm-hmm. I I think after hearing Jello talk, because they had this thing at the end of the night, the bands would play. Oh, the campfire thing, right? Yeah, and then ninety yeah. percent of the people would go home, home to their freaking tent. To but um, but then they sat around talking about it, and and you know, Jello, I got the feeling maybe under the right circumstances, but I think the other the rest of the band would have to come and kiss his ass and make a big public apology about how, you know, he never did them wrong financially or something. But uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but my point is, I'm actually going to play a Dead Kennedy song next. There you go. Because, I, I, and I, I may have told this story, but I can't, see, you and I don't, I don't think we either didn't know each other yet or we weren't hanging out yet, but I actually went to Joliet. Oof. Yes. Great <laughs> I'm sorry. Chicago suburb, right? <laughs> Joliet. <laughs> To see the Dead Kennedys and TSOL and Bull Weevils and a local band called Evil Engine. Mm. And, uh, well, the thing is, you say, oh, yeah, it's terrible. But here's the thing. It was super cheap to stay, super cheap for Uber. And there was only, granted, there was only like a handful of bars downtown. But it was like a pretty good weekend. We had a really good time. Was it Joliet or Decatur? Joliet. Joliet, yeah. What is the, the, the... the uh, that band we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Broke Downs, they have a song called uh, Joliet, the the Maui of the Midwest, or something like well, that. Well, so do uh, the Digits have a song called Going Back to Joliet. There you go. I think there's a isn't there a prisoner in isn't there a prison in Joliet? I think there's a state <laughs> prison. I think you could argue that the whole place was. <laughs> I think there is a state prison in Joliet. It could be. Yeah, you know what? It does sound kind of familiar, but I I don't know. I don't know. But I, I and I may have told the story before, so you have to bear with me before before we play it. For a play a Dead Kennedy song. But, okay, Grandpa, come on. Well, you know, we, we stayed at, like, just a pretty <laughs> modest hotel, right? So we're just getting done checking in, and this these couple of punk rock dudes come up, right? And you can tell they're punk rock dudes. You know they're there for the show. You know, it's a, it's a small punk rock world. One white guy, one black guy. And uh, we start, I start, you know, we start rapping. Hey, you're here for the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, where are you coming from? St. Louis. And I go, oh, wow, well, coming all the way from St. Louis. Not thinking in my head that they, that the show had been in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it turns out I was rapping with D.H. Pilgrim. And the reason I couldn't believe who it was... Is, just, so, just for people who don't know who that is, that is... He's the drummer for the Dead Candies. There you go. Black guy. But the thing that was funny was... The reason I didn't think it was him is because he looks so young. Huh. Interesting. I mean, this guy's got to be pushing 60 at least. Mm-hmm. And he looks fantastic. And it's even more amazing when you read his life story because he was such a horrible junkie that he had abscesses. It was literally ruining his body. But he looks great now. But so I had this conversation with him. And it was it was a little awkward because once I figured out who it was, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe him. Because at some point I made a comment about, oh, this club's really big. I don't think there'll be that many people there. It was uh, it was a place called The Forge, which is like a hard rock club. Yeah, I've heard of that place before. Yeah. You'll see like Soulfly or something play, you know. It was fine. I mean, it was you know it was kind of a cheesy rock club, but it was fine for what it was. But it ended up being a really packed show, so I ended up kind of having to backpedal after that. But but anyway, then later on, so we went and hit the town. Of course, we were drinking heroically like we do when we were out of town, and we see him like going to get takeout dinner at some place. And now we're emboldened by drink, right? And you know him, your best friends, now. Yeah, we'd already met, <laughs> and we started rap with him, and he was super cool. But he's he gave up drinking drugs years before, so I sort of feel bad in hindsight that he had to put up with our and and we go into this like kind of he's getting dinner at this kind of like posh takeout bar and the but the owner of the place loves punk rock so he's playing like black flag and all this stuff on the on the stereo Hmm. in this restaurant and 
And I said, hey, you know who that is? And, and he's like, yeah, oh, my God, it's D.H. Pelegro, the drummer for Dead Kennedys. And and uh, anyway, and, and and so they start rapping. He's like, hey, well, I'll put you on the guest list, whatever. And then we end up running into him later. We met this old lady from, older woman from New Zealand or something. And we just, it was just, a, it was a fantastic night. And even though I was harassing D.H. Pelegro, but at the end of the night, I bought his a copy of his book, which is called Dreadnought. Don't ask me what the rest of it is, but it tells his life story. Mm-hmm. Even I'll even forgive him for briefly being a drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> but uh, that's another he, one of those bands that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. But they don't they don't have any credibility for anything at this point, even though they have a local connection to me here. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, he so he signed me a copy of his book. He said to Tom, my stalker, D.H. Andrew. Yeah, so nice in my collection. So let's play a later Dead Candy song, actually. Because he actually didn't play on the very first album. He didn't play on Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. Oh, he didn't? No, he joined after that. Oh, okay. So, But he played on everything else. So let's do Rambozo with the Clown from Bedtime for Democracy. Rambozo the Clown from uh, Dead Kennedy's fourth and final studio album, Bedtime for Democracy. Now, the one thing I would have asked, well, I don't know, man, it's a sore subject, right? I mean, I assume you didn't ask him any Jello questions, right? Um, I didn't, but I just, because I wasn't organized, you yeah. know, like, you know, I think all those guys have said 
that they'd be up for getting back together with Joel. Well, the thing I don't understand is why. I mean, they've been back together what ten years now, more than that, oh, fifteen years since they reformed. Yeah. Oh, it's been like twenty years. So why haven't they recorded a single new original song? Yeah, it does. And I think that's it's, part of Jello's beef too. It's ridiculous. He doesn't want to just do like a retro thing because he's recording new music with Guantanamo All the time. School of Medicine. Right. All Matter the of time. Matter of fact, he's probably recording a little too much new music if we're being honest. He's but. probably recording something right now. <laughs> yeah, they are working on a new album, as a matter of fact. And when and when when you go see uh Jell Biafro and G S M, they do play one or two Dead Kennedy songs. Mm-hmm. I think they do California Uber Alice and maybe Nazi Punk's Fuck Off or something. I can't remember. Or Nazi Trump's Fuck Off. Yeah, that's they do that, silly. They do that thing you yeah. love. Yeah. I love. They change the change the lyrics to fit the time. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, though, because it's not like... I mean, Jello didn't write everything. He didn't write the music, right? He wrote the lyrics, but, uh, you know, the other members of the band would write the music, so I don't understand why they can't well, they, write they, something. They've, had a hand, they've actually had, like, at least three singers, right? The guy who are three different singers. The guy who does it now is from a band called the Winona Riders, who I never listened to. But I know that Jeff Penalty from Maximum Penalty was their singer for a while. His I can't remember what his name was. He uh, he sings for a great great band out of I can't remember if they're out of San Francisco or Las Vegas or where they're out of called Black Fag, <laughs> which is <laughs> like this cover band who does all these like. Uh, Fake gay versions of Black Flag songs. It's fun stuff. It's like the Misfats doing the fat version. Give me, give me, of... give me, give me some <laughs> more. It's fun. It's fun. His name is like Liberace something. They all like are sort of in drag. It, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. I mean, they could easily get you know shamed out of the business or cancel culture, but they're fun. But so. so I don't. But I mean, but the rest of the band being the same, I don't understand why they can't write new songs. I mean, is it just they don't want to? They don't want to ruin I, I, their I legacy. Is, is that what it is? Here's the thing, though. So you're going to see the Dead Kennedys without Jello Biafra, right? Yeah. At, at the Forge in Joliet. You want to hear new songs? You throw in three new songs. They might have released that. It could have been, the, it could have been three new albums since you know, I mean, they've been together the 30 years. I mean, that's from becoming Greg Ginn's Black Flag. Yeah, but they play, you do a mix, right? You do maybe two new songs. Make, it was just like the yeah, Buzzcocks used to do. 100% old stuff. <laughs> you big weirdo. You know, exactly, you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> the mix. Well, it's funny, you know. I, 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 and I may have told this story too, so you f- forgive me. If I, <sighs> but I was, I, boy, I want. Is it about Huey Lewis? Uh, no, <laughs> it was actually Cliff, uh, Cliff Hanger from uh, the Freeze. I really, yeah. I, I got to reach out to him. I would love to have him on. He's another interesting cat. Yeah, I get him on. But he was talking about how they were supposed to tour Europe, but they didn't know they had a new record out, so they're having a hard time booking shows. I'm like, wow, European punks are obviously a lot different than American punks. American punks don't want to hear one new song. <laughs> Yeah, Europeans, you know, actually want to hear them tour behind a new record, which I think is kind of kind of strange. Well, if it's good, because I mean, TSOL, Dead Kennedys, all those bands, they ninety percent of what they play is from the first two years of their catalog. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, if if that last last Black Flag album had been any good, maybe you wouldn't have minded hearing some of those songs. It had a couple but, decent songs on it, but it's impossible. It's like it's like Misfits without Danzig. How do you even do it? You know, it's just. No, you no you you can though if you do it the right way. And the Buzzcocks always used to put some of the a couple of the new songs in, but of course the new songs sounded like they could have been at home on some of the old albums. So it was it was fine, you know. They weren't it wasn't incongruous when they did it, you know. And even but if you done a, it's a lose lose situation because either you're just rehashing the past, or you're trying to, you know, change and people aren't gonna be happy. So it's 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 sort of lose lose. I see why they're not put down on you all but i i get it i mean 
seems like they could write like a great EP or something. But the other thing is, there's no money in it. Their money, you know, they're making money playing live. They're not making money selling records. Yeah, but just it kind of ruins their argument when they're saying, you know, we're still a real band. I mean, it's not because basically they're a covers band at this point, right? Well, they're they're a, they're a tribute band. Well, they're tribute not. Band, I mean, yeah. it's three quarters of the band, but they, you know, they do flying weekends. It's not like they're not that they're out there doing fifty shows a year, even or, or or touring in a van or something. You know, they're as you know, they fly out. The opening band provides all the backline. Yeah, they do. They do a section of the country and they go home. That's it. So, okay. So you stalked him and got a signature in your book in his book. That's it. Yeah, is it yep. a good book at least? Yeah, it's very interesting actually. Yeah. You know, I you know I love a good a good book, and I'm reading one right now that's great, and I've already been raving about it, so I won't talk about it right now until I'm done. So. What's that? The Steve Jones one or something else? No, I'm done with that one. It's the replacements one. It's called. Trump oh Boys. yeah, that's a long one, right? Oh man, it is like it is. It is so well done though. I'm only a just a small section in, and it it reads almost like. It's almost like a like a fiction book where you want to be reading it all the time. Every time I get a chance, I pick it up and read a little bit. It's got little tiny bits of chapters, so you don't have to, hmm. you know, you just read a little bit here and there. So anyway, you know, it's it's very it's very good, and definitely makes me want to listen to the replacements a little more. So have you seen the documentary that's on the, about them? That's on um, I have Amazon. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like it's like two hours long. It's long, hmm. long, long, long. And the funny thing about it That'll is that'll make me very popular when I sit in front of the TV to watch that. It's just other people talking about them. There isn't even, you know, there isn't a single interview with any of the members of the band. It's very odd. See, two of the four participated in the book, that being Paul Westerberg, Tommy Stimson, who have essentially been the only always members, you know. Mm-hmm. The original guitar player died uh, in mid-90s, maybe? He was, boy, he was a real character, man. Literally ruined his body, drank himself to death by 35. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, the drummer Chris Mars is like a more of a visual artist, like he does like serious artwork, and he doesn't participate in any of the reunions. I don't know if he doesn't need the money or if he just doesn't want to do it. Or so yeah, it's basically the two two of the four. So. Yeah, there was some really good stories in the documentary. So uh, it's well, it's a, it's called it's called Color Me Obsessed, a film mm. about the replacements. So like mm. I say, it doesn't have any. So it's a fan movie. Yeah, basically, yes, but it's got it's got like uh, some of the guys from Who's Could Do in it. So people that you know were in bands mm-hmm. around them at the time and stuff like that. And then people they were that big they, rivals at the time. Yeah, they, not, they, were, and, they were not friends. And people that they influenced and stuff like that. So it's interesting in that. So it tells their story, but there's some great stories about um, who was the who was the big drunk. Uh, Bob Stimson, Stinson. They all were though. Yeah, you know, about uh, about him, you know, in a sound check, meeting up with uh, just some other kids, and then them going out to a liquor store or something, and the band had already started by the time he came back, and you know, just crazy <laughs> ass. And he's playing pinball with these kids, and they're like, "I think you should get on stage now." <laughs> you know, shit like that. It's funny. Good times, man. Good yeah. times. So, but anyway, yeah, color me obsessed. I didn't really know anything about the replacements, and I watched that movie all the way through. It wasn't the best thing ever, but it was kind of interesting. I just. I just thought it was interesting that, considering most of the members are still alive, that they didn't talk to any of the members of the band. Yeah, they must have had no participation. Well, the fact of the matter is, I think the first album, which is called Sorry Ma, Forgot to Take Out the Trash, which came out in, I think, 81? Yeah. I think that would be up your alley. Um, you know, it's funny. They were always very diverse. You know, their second album, Hootenanny, was like a cowpunk album. Mm-hmm. Really more cow than punk. I've got that, I think. I've got I've got a couple of their albums. I mean, but one they were the, always... 
jacked up kind of, uh, you know, jacked up Chuck Berry type yeah. stuff. I mean, the Pistols did the same thing. Not that the two bands were the same because they weren't, but you know, it was that kind of, you know, yeah, just those kind, kind of, of rock and yeah, roll yeah, yeah. taken to its natural extremes. Yeah, no I mean, metal, no. I mean, they're one of those bands. I'm sure you've got bands like this too. They're one of those bands that everyone raves about them. So I always, I always tried to give them a chance, but I could just never get into them. Um, but then you end up hearing like the folky later kind of alt rock stuff that just was different. I mean, I like it wasn't that, bad. It wasn't good. I mean, I like that. Uh, what's that Alex Chilton song? I like that one a lot. Um, huh. Yeah, that's later. Yeah. Um, after after they kicked Bob, the original guitar lead guitar player out. It was always Paul Westerberg's band, but I think after he left, then there was they kind of lost that push and pull. So he was able to take the band in kind of a folkier yeah. direction. You know, he's known as a, a songwriter, and in the context of the replacements, he kind of had to keep it sort of bare knuckle, you know, three chord kind of hard rock. So anyway, hmm. So yeah, so yeah, there was that kind of band that I always I tried to, but I could never get into them. And another example of that would be XTC from England from back in the day. Oh, they so, had some great songs too. They but had some I, the they, stuff I know from them is later, so I don't know. I mean, they had some hits, but yeah. you know, people say, "Oh, like, get Dear into the." That's a pretty good song, right? Or uh, "Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead." Those cool songs. Wow, that's funny. I don't know that one. I know, uh, um, making like plans. The Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead might be like ninety-two-ish. Making plans for Nigel was one of the big hits hmm. and Don't uh, know that one. they had uh yeah, it was a radio hit in england and but it was one of those things that like some early punks really liked them and i was just like and not get into these guys at all yeah they so. were they were kind of like a rem-y i mean definitely not you know no crunch yeah no straight ahead right yeah, yeah. for sure but that's all right talking about so what, st- talking about yeah. straight ahead i'm gonna play um <laughs> um a band from uh birkenhead which was like uh if if Wallasey, where I'm from, was like a rich suburb of Liverpool, Birkenhead was like the scumbag white trash uh, suburb of Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was good they had a um, a p- hardcore punk band, and we say hardcore in uh, in inverted quotes, right? Like England, like UK subs, early '80s hardcore. Yep. Um, so the band was called Instant Agony, and uh, they actually had a couple of minor. Well, not minor hits, but they were on compilations and stuff like that. Uh, they went from like eighty-two to eighty-six or eighty-seven or something. Actually, might have been like earlier than that. They might have been like seventy-nine to eighty-six or something. But um, they had a couple. They had a lot of singles and stuff like that. Maybe like one album, and then they got on a lot of compilations. But um, the song I'm going to play is it's called "No Sign of Life." It was a single from eighty-three. So this is "No Sign of Life" by Instant Agony.
So there. Sound Good of for uh, a band. sound of broken head for you there. Yeah. So th- it's a very it's a very UK subs type of sound, you know. Um hmm. That kind of thing. So it's good. I mean, they're good at what they do. So uh, they're actually in a... Some of the guys from that band are in a... Actually, a ba- they're still in a band. And they're still living in Birkenhead. Um, the, ba- the band they're in now is called Bite Back. So maybe we'll uh, try and have oh, a word with them familiar. one day. Yeah. I think I sent you a link to actually one of their songs. Because you have a song... They're from the town Birkenhead. But they, the same the song is called Brokenhead. <laughs> which I, hmm. I thought was pretty funny. So maybe we'll uh, yeah, try and have a word with them on one of these episodes. That better, would be than cool. Bir- better Brokenhead than Birkenstock. Yes, yes, indeed, my friend, indeed, you are correct. Huh, that's funny. So, so you want? I should, let me give a little sticker update. A little st- okay stickers. Yes, we have stickers, so, guys. So we, we have I stickers. still have stickers. So, yes. if you send us your name and address, either to private messages on our Facebook page, or you send us an email at punk till I die seventy seven at gmail. I'm still sending stickers out, so keep doing that. Um. And uh, the Facebook page is Punk Till I Die Podcast. And you can see pictures of... Now, Neil, you obviously have done some work since I was last at your place, which I has have. been a while now. I have, yeah. So I, you I, have, like, one wall totally covered with all your your memorabilia. Yeah, and I've got more, too. I've got a Dead Boys poster, which I just can't figure out what kind of frame to put it in because it doesn't quite fit the frame. It must have been some weird size so it doesn't mm. fit any standard frame so it looks stupid. Stupid metric so, system. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so recently I've, I've had a I've had a signed penetration poster forever, which I've never mm. uh, well, so Like get the this. whole band or just the woman? No, the whole band. Hmm. So they must have toured the States at one time because I bought this at Wax Tracks in Chicago in like 84 or something. Um yeah, it's a white penetration poster signed by the band. But it was, again, it was a re- like a really weird size, like a European size. So what I had to do, um, I went to Ikea.com. Being a European place, right? Mm. Um, they have uh, poster frames and cheap ones, too. They were cheap. So mm. I bought like two or three of them that should fit some of these posters. And uh, But it was, right at the beginning, it was right at the beginning of COVID. And I didn't think anything about it. So it took over two and a half months for this thing to get fucking delivered nice. to these poster rooms. But they eventually got here, which is why now I have I have some more posters and you stuff on my walls. finally got your ABBA posters framed. Yeah. Those yeah. Swedish. Exactly. Those Swedish phrase. It's funny. I, I, I know I've been complaining about this a lot, so I'm going to try not. I, I, I swear I was going to try not to, but I'm going to again. I have been waiting on some stuff from, like, Portland, Oregon for it's been shipped for over, I, I don't know, it's going to be going on a month. Hmm. And I'm like, do I open up? A, do I make something of it, or do I just sit patiently? Because it's crazy. You can almost guarantee if you if you uh, if you report it to the post office or something, or you know, say something up. to the seller, it'll it'll show up the next day. Well, it's funny because before I reached out to the seller and I said, "Are you, did, can you guarantee that you ship this? Because it's it hasn't even the post office hasn't even got it down as being as being dropped off at the post office yet." Oh, and it's then that whole literally, thing. like yeah. I got like five emails telling me where it was at, and it was there like in a day or two. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. They want me to review my transaction. I even got the crap yet. I got that too. I got one because I'm still waiting on a couple of singles from England, and I got a thing saying, "Please review the transaction." It's like, well, I'm probably not expecting them for another another week or two because it seems to be taking. Well, it used to take ten days for to, to get something from Europe. You know, ten ten days to two weeks. That seems really quick. It's yeah. taken it's taken six weeks to two months now 
Well, but but what a month from the West Coast? Yeah, the, you could you could fucking drive there and you know stop somewhere new every night and have a fun time and go buy it yourself. I might do that. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure I get it because I'm I'm literally eyeing some of the same stuff from a different seller. So no, the I show. get that. I get that <laughs> I completely. Yeah. Well, okay. So I mean, now that you bring that up, I think I was telling you over the weekend that um, I ordered some stuff from Pirates Press. Um, direct from Pirates Press. Of San Francisco area. Open yeah, or whatever, three yeah. weeks ago. Um, and it said, oh, you know, you can have regular shipping or you can have expedited shipping. You know, regular shipping should be there in four to six days. So I'm yeah. like, eh, it's probably going to take... old standard, too. It's probably going to take... A, well, see, so they should change the website. So I was thinking it's probably going to take a little longer than that, but maybe two weeks. But yeah, it took it took over three weeks for the things to get here. Now, they are gorgeous. I, yeah. Pirates Press do such an amazing job with their sleeves, with the vinyl. I mean, no, every, we are not. We are not on their payroll. No, we're not. But like every seven inch. Well, I got four seven inches and and a twelve inch, and every one of them is like a work of art, right? The sleeves are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The packaging is gorgeous. The vinyl is the colored vinyl is amazing, and they always throw in a ton of fucking flexies and stickers all and all kinds of shit, right? So it was a but, nice package when it got here, but it. So I guess the moral of this story is if you do. Order something from Pirates Press. It's worth paying the extra five dollars for expedited shipping, because you know patience is a virtue, Neil. Dude, I'm gonna wait for your package. I'm getting old. I'm not gonna wait. Fucking, I'm not gonna (laughs) wait before I die. Yeah, I'm not gonna wait six weeks for a package for to come from the West Coast. You know, when when we originally when I originally was gonna start sending out stickers, I was actually gonna try to find like seven by seven envelopes. So I could throw like stickers and like a flexi in each one, but it was just it was to get rid much. of some of your flexies. <laughs> it was too much that. to ship. I'm like, I'm gonna get rid of all these flexies. Yeah. <laughs> send me your address. I'll send you a flexi. But yeah, it was too much to ship, so you're not getting it. Yeah. So anyway, yes, keep 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 coming at us with those stickers. So I've I've sent them to you Neil. Know, here's here's the states I've sent them to. And mo- and most of these have been multiple people in the state. So Missouri, yes, Ohio, Indiana. Strong Indiana connection with our friend Matt, and he's uh, down there at the record farm. He's turned on his friends to us. Um, Illinois, multiple. Wisconsin, multiple, of course. Um, Florida, our friend Mike the Mailman. Arizona. Utah, actually multiple people in Utah, which is crazy, Hmm. right? Yep. Pennsylvania, New York, New York. I think upstate New York, too. Oregon. Couple some to England, mm-hmm. Georgia, more Oregon, Massachusetts, California, New York, Iowa, Greece, <laughs> uh, Maryland. I mean, oh, and this is and this one has to be the the, the furthest away has to be South Africa. Now about North Dakota, don't we have our friend in North Dakota? That means did you send him some stuff? Where's my North Dakota one? Man, did I miss him? Yeah, no, I think I sent those out. I'm pretty sure I sent those out. Yeah, I'm sitting here like with a ledger, like an old fashioned like. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a Charles Dickens house that fucking. It is it's it's like, like Charles I'm, Dickens I'm like movie. Bart, I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm like house. Bartleby the Scribner. I'll tell you what, you can go to the fudge shop after you're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You old, you old fudge shop. <laughs> if they if they fix the uh, if they fix the windows. Derek, our heavy drinking friend. If I missed you, I will get to you soon. I swear. No, where the heck? North Dakota. Uh, I'll find it. Anyway, well, I, yeah. well, I've actually sent some out too. I sent some to Portland. I sent some to Florida. So I've, I've, sweet, yeah, I've, I've duped up some of your stuff so, too. So okay, plus. so I'm going to add to that. I'm going to say that if it's been like three, four weeks, five weeks, because I just sent them regular first class mail, and you haven't heard from us, try us again because we missed you. It's nothing yeah. personal. 
Yeah, we'll send them trying, again because we're we're not rejecting. If you send it, if you send us your address, we will send you some until we run out. So. And if and if you're running out, Tom, I've still got some of the small ones cool. on the because we have two sizes. We have small ones yep. and big ones, so you'll get them. You'll get both. Um, yep. And then I have some exciting news about that too, about merchandise. So. Well, why don't we? Why don't I play my song and then we'll come back and do that? All right, buddy, you go ahead. So. In my my last Juneteenth song is actually a band that most of you probably haven't heard of. They were from Lansing, Michigan, and they were incredible. They were one of those bands where they put out a single that was so good. Now, they didn't last long, and they couldn't really sustain, but they were called The Fix with one X. One thing leads to another. Yeah, that was was a good one, huh? Two X's. Yes. That was a song about scoring. I don't think the fix from Lansing had any songs about scoring, unless it was scoring drugs or something. But uh, the singer was a guy named Steve Miller, who went on to be a pretty well-known uh, journalist around uh, Michigan, and actually wrote a really great book called uh, Detroit Rock City, I think it was called, hmm. which was a great book. Like if you're into the MC5, Stooges stuff like that, you should definitely read it. And covered some of the other bands too, because the Detroit scene in like the late '60s, early '70s was amazing musically i mean beyond motown the rock and roll scene so um the guitar player was a black guy named craig i can't remember his last name but man he was good they were such a killer band so we're actually gonna play so i never got a chance to see them live because they broke up by i mean they were like together from 82 to 84 or something right i think it was early than that i think it said that ep was from like 1980 okay and i know but i know they did a very little they did a little bit of touring which was very rare for the bands from that era at that time still because I know, like, I think Henry Rollins is one of those guys who's, like, a big Fix fan and will talk them up. So they definitely were oh, able to play in front yeah. of some people. Yeah. But their, but their first single was called uh, Vengeance and In This Town. And actually, the two of them together are less than three minutes. So we're actually going to... And this, this original single goes for big money. And it has been repressed. But it's funny because I remember... And I can't remember if it was in the liner notes or, or what it was, uh, where Tesco V who was still running touch and go records at the time. We've had some touch and go talk on here. Um, had a box of records and he brought them over to flat black and circular and he was trying to sell them for $2 and they just sat there and now they're worth like hundreds of dollars each. Um, flat black and circular is still there. My son and I went there earlier this year before all this crap went down and I actually bought a meat man record. Small, small circles, right? The world is small circles. So this, anyway, is, yeah, this is on touch and go originally, right? Yes, it was on Tuesday. Oh, so what I was going to say about it, so I, I saw the Meat Men play in Lansing, and Steve Miller, the singer for The Fix, was there, and he jumped up on stage with the Meat Men and tore through a version of Vengeance with the, the Meat Men band, which is younger guys at this point, too. Um, and I got to tell you, I don't know how many people there knew what was going on. <laughs> I think very few of us. But did it you was go, like did you go those, ape shit? It was one of those really super cool little punk rock moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it was probably, you know, it was a couple hundred people there. It wasn't a big show. But, yeah, it was it was really cool. So, yeah, we're going to play the, the A side and the B side from The Fix's first single. So it's Vengeance and In This Town. Go ahead.
There it was, the fix with vengeance, and then in this town, the uh, A side and the B side. So yeah, that didn't that didn't take long at all. No, good stuff. Though. So, so what's what's the other merch update, Neil? What where are we at with this? Where are we at with our where are we at with our merch after so, fifty episodes? It's funny we've sort of slowed down a little bit because the weather's gotten nice and and uh, we've kind of slowed down with our episodes, which I think is is okay too. Because people uh, want to catch up and stuff too. Yeah, it was pretty fun. much. Yeah, I was say how many of you are up to? How many of you have heard all fifty so far? It was funny. It was funny because my um I was telling you I just got in touch with these two friends from back home, yep. and um and so I was I was talking to my friend Steph today about it and uh, and I told him about the podcast. And he's and then he came back at me like an hour later, and he's like, because he wanted to know what my accent was like now. So he's like, oh yeah, I was just listening to part way through the first to one. Your accent, it's a freaking disaster. He's <laughs> like, I was listening to part way through the first one, and I'm like, the first one, holy shit, that's not a good indication of where we are now, for God's sakes. That's that seems like <laughs> well, you no, know, I think two what kids. a lot of people, what I, the impression I get from some people is they kind of discover us and then they follow us along, but then try to go back and catch up, which I think is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like. Keep up with the new ones, but if you have more time, go back. And yeah, go back to the old ones. And I, and I gave him a couple of like the, the the high spots to uh, to listen to, like the Rick Sims interview and stuff like that. And I mean, maybe... we were just kids when we started doing those. You know, we were forty six <laughs> and fifty six. We were just yes. Now we're yes. veteran Silly veteran kids. geezers. It is funny though, man. We talked for an hour and whatever it was, and we played like one song or whatever it was on yeah. that first episode. So uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyway, yeah, it was well, it was... and it's it's you know, and 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 there's definitely a lot more people listening now, and I think that's been a, a blessing and a curse because we do feel a little bit more pressure than we did before. Hmm. But uh, do we? I don't it, it, listen. It, ultimately, <laughs> it's it's fun, and as long as it's fun, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it. So yeah. we appreciate those of you who have. I know there's plenty of you that listen to all 50 so we do appreciate that yeah but anyway so um yeah the other merch um i've been trying to get t-shirts made for a while yep but uh because of one thing and another and namely covid um, covid either, and you know us using an unauthorized images and that type sh- of thing don't say that <laughs> altered images um yeah so that was the first one was that that problem and then second the second place i reached out to they wouldn't do because of COVID, they had so few workers, they wouldn't do any less than a run of 100 or something like ah. that. So I wasn't going to do that. So then we found a local place with someone we knew. But because, you know, if it's someone you know, sometimes it can take longer than it would be if it was... And it they, wasn't they asking don't necessarily for, give you the same service that yeah. they would give a stranger. And I wasn't asking for a bargain or anything, but I have a feeling they might have, like, closed down during COVID and were just doing this as a as a, as ah. a favor kind of thing, you know. So, but anyway, it looks like it's happening, and I should have some T-shirts in hand later this week. Um, early next week. So we were gonna do. Yeah, we might have to. We might have to meet for lunch somewhere or something, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, so yeah, we were gonna cool. we were gonna do some black and some white, but because of the problems with the screens and stuff like that, what it was gonna mean, we're actually gonna have some gray and some white. So um, most. Oh, of you are. St- oh, you're still doing white. Okay. I am. Yeah, I'm doing some white and some I gray. I thought we so. actually were gonna compromise. Like the black and white makes gray, but you're still gonna have your white, your precious white T-shirt. Well, huh? that didn't that didn't need an extra screen, see? So there's no extra yeah, no, cost. No, it's cool. Yeah. Um. So. A lot of them are spoken for already because we didn't get that many made, but we probably yeah. are going to have at least one or two of each size that are going to be spare. So if people want one, um, I, I haven't figured out how much. It we- would be interesting to see how many people want because if there's enough interest, then we could certainly get another batch. And it's not like we're going to we're not going to sell them to you to try to make lots of money. Right. We told you we're strictly punk in the aesthetic that we're not really. But it, but you know, obviously, you have to cover the yeah cover the 
cost the thing. But you know, if you, if if there's a lot of you that are interested, these ones now they're going to have the the altered image, as you said, the the kind of punctuality die logo thing, the round logo. Yep. Right. Yep. A small one on the breast and the big one on the back. Yep. Yeah, with the names of some of our uh, favorite the dead stars. Yeah, on the on below below the below the big logo. So we can put a we can put actually uh, a picture of it up on the Facebook page, um, just so people can see what it's like. But um, yeah, so, definitely. So yeah, we are going to have uh, at least a couple, probably spare of each size. So uh, it'll probably be first come first served, and I don't know, like twenty bucks so or something. Would. I don't know. You know. So we were talking about sweatshirts too. We're not doing that this time around. No, um, it was getting too expensive because uh, okay. the sweatshirts I would want to be on black, and that would be that would be in a different screen. So, um, okay. but we'll do, and it's summer, so we'll do. Yeah. We might do sweatshirts and maybe even Dickie's jackets or something. We'll see how exciting. Dude, how- we need to be like we we need to be like. Um, you ever see a picture of suicidal tendencies? <laughs> yeah. Like every single guy in the band. Except for Mike Muir, like the only OG guy, yeah, he just gets to wear whatever he wants. But every like new member, it's like it's like that uh, Office Space uh, movie where the work going worked at the restaurant with the flare, wearing your seven pieces of flare, yeah, because everybody's <laughs> yeah. wearing suicidal tendencies t-shirt, suicidal yep. tendencies sweatshirt. We get maybe like some gym shorts, maybe get the little logo print on the gym. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, we'll do. Yeah, be like, we'll a, do, be like we'll, a conversation starter. Just like everywhere I go, all I'm going to wear is punk till I die clothes, and just have people. Ask me about it. Punk's light eye socks and some punk's light eye G string for the ladies. Yeah, something like there that. There you go. Um, I was I was I actually went to a bar, a pretty cool bar. It was sad because it was so dead. Saturday night and it had stickers all over the place. And once again, I was like, oh, I should have brought my stickers. Oh, what's wrong yeah. with me? I need to like jam some in my wallet, like your you know like your high school condom that you carried around for six years. You know, that's what I do. I've actually got some in there, and I actually outside the red lion condoms or stickers, both. Um, I actually, <laughs> <laughs> never can be too sure. But I but I I put some up outside my favorite local, and uh, I was sad to see that someone had painted over one of them. But uh, uh, but there you go. So. Um, but yeah, you got to start doing that. We got to start getting the names out at some of the. At some, whenever like, I go to new bars in Chicago, I'm going to start putting them up everywhere in the bathrooms. Because and we're stuff, not so. opposed to marketing through vandalism. Fuck, damn straight. Yeah, <laughs> especially some of the bars I go to, where the it's the things are littered anyway. The bathrooms are littered with stickers oh, and shit. Oh, dude, anyway, you went so. to Reggie's. <laughs> I think there's more sticker yeah. than wall. Yeah, agreed. It's holding the wall up, I think. Yeah. Ooh, I wouldn't lean on it either way. So yeah, so we'll do. So we got T-shirts now, and then we we could do a second run of T-shirts. Of course, we could. And then, and like I say, in the winter, we're probably gonna do sweatshirts of some kind, and maybe even Dickie's jackets. And someone asked for a hat, you know, and I haven't even thought mm. about that. But you know, but they, I think they can print on anything, right? These days, it's not a. I think so. Not a big deal. So, but yeah. So anyway, that's happening. So it's kind of exciting. It's been so I've been planning it for so long, and I but it's always fallen through. So I haven't wanted to mention it, but uh, yeah, we should. She says I'll have them by Friday, so we shall see. Excellent. Yeah. So the one other thing I will mention again, and I think the next time, next show we do where we don't have a guest, we will probably do this. Is we've gotten a bunch of stuff in from bands, and we want to we want to play your. We want to play the bands of our friends and people who listen to us. Listeners like bands, that. yeah, again. So I think we episode. actually have enough right now for another episode like that. Hey, did you send stickers to the guys in Columbia? No, but they don't think they gave me their address. Yeah, I want to ask them about that because that would be yeah. cool, I think, because they seem genuinely uh, interested rather than well, just people fishing. Well, the other thing fishing. that's interesting is this time around, we do have a couple of foreign bands for sure. We definitely have a Polish band and a Colombian band. And then today you were sending me an Italian band, weren't you? Yes, and Italian, Damn, they sing, we, all they over the globe. In, they sing in English. Yeah, there you go. 
so global, but yeah baby. no it, it'll be cool so we'll actually like i said if next I, me, if not the next one then the next one after that where we don't have a guest we will do another one of those shows so that was fun and i think people respond to that and so yeah don't be afraid to send us your stuff and uh yeah we'll play it yeah for sure unless it's unless you know it's super insulting to us personally <laughs> yeah so, well, so like someone that. could write us a theme song i wouldn't be opposed to that either I, i've written us one but the logistics of ever getting it recorded are probably you know pretty tricky but we'll see i'm sure your kids could figure it out and then just send me the guitar line and i'll put some bass to it or something there you go you know that'd be easy but yeah but i would like to use live drums of course and uh i'd have to go somewhere to record those i don't have the capacity to record live drums i can get it done in garage band my i mean friend, i don't want to do it acoustic do it. dude right huh I mean, I don't want to do like acoustically or something. It'd be no. too lame, right? No, but I can I can do drums in GarageBand. We can get that figured out. We gotta that have that a full like punk rock setup. <laughs> okay. You can't get that in GarageBand. You need the snap of the snare. You need the real drums, man. You need the thunder, the the shaking of the floor, the ambiance. It's just, I mean, I'm not gonna do it on my Casio. That sounds pretty punk rock right uh, there, actually. Well, once again, we've managed to yes pluck an episode out of thin air. Yes, babble about nothing. So the last song I'm going to play tonight from my friends in Merseyside is a classic. I don't actually I don't even know if they're still going, but they started in the 80s. Kind of a half comedy, no, not comedy punk, but they did a lot they had a lot of songs that had a lot of comedy in them. Um have you ever heard of Half Man Half Biscuit? Half man, half biscuit, or is half, that half man? Half, half man, half biscuit. There you go. See that? See, there's Matt. There's see, the accent the, problem. It's funny when you talk about the old country, Neil. It yep. comes back. Yeah. Like so you're, uh, half man, half biscuit. How's that? That is a horrible name for a band. But no, I have not. I'm not familiar with them. I don't okay. think I would have forgot that. Well, they were from again. They were from Birkenhead, and uh, they actually used to go and be supporters of the of the local. Uh, football team i used to go to as well hmm. and the band Is one of the guys listening now that i've totally insulted the name of his band it's quite well no i doubt it but it's possible i guess anything's possible right. so um the band that used to be in england this was in the early like 80 81 um we used to practice in this place in liverpool and half man half biscuit who had a recording contract at that time they actually heard us and they liked us a lot so they talked hmm. us up which was kind of nice so um yeah so anyway, Half Man, Half Biscuit, a lot of minor hits kind of thing. And they, not hits in England, but they were um, they were known all over the country. Like if you talk to anyone on the Punk's Not Dead forum, they'll know Half Man, Half Biscuit. Mm. And um, so this song I'm going to play is called... <laughs> it cracks me up. It's called Joy Division Oven Gloves. I think it's about that whole merchandising thing, as a matter Jeez. of fact. So yeah, so this is Half Man, Half Biscuit, Joy Division Oven Gloves. <laughs> Oh, the gloves. I've been to a post-punk post 
something a little different for you there uh joy division oven gloves by half man that's better biscuit. than like joy division neckties or something huh <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you can probably buy one of those that's seriously i bet i bet if you look on facebook i mean on google right now i bet you can find a joy division fucking necktie what was the uh what was the name of your like high school band in england uh we were called the majority now well, that's not horrible. now well originally <laughs> get this you were uh, that was that was the, man one quarter biscuit. That was the second name. The first name was the clan with a K, which, <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which. Well, they probably didn't mean as much in England, right? No, it didn't because what we'd been doing, we'd been watching a lot of like horror movies and stuff, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that, and it yeah. just seemed like it was kind of a like almost like horror movie themed. Mm. But then we figured out, yeah, the clan with a K probably wasn't a very good idea, so we changed it to the majority. So, so my my high school band. My high school punk band, the name of our band, Neil? Mm-hmm. Aborted Souls. Oh, there you go. That could almost be a and post-punk was, band right there. Well, yeah. we were kind of like, I'd say, we wanted to be like a cross between a punk and a crossover band, mm-hmm. but nobody could play that well. Mm. So we were just we were just sort of terrible. But we had this logo thing, which we never really had properly drawn up. You know how like the fetus in the womb is like all curled up? Yeah, yeah. We are going to have that, but like holding a pistol in its own mouth. That was going to be our... It was like our edgy logo that we wow. never had professionally done. That is edgy. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not as good. I told you the story about how one of the guys in the band is uh, because Del Shannon is actually from the small town that I grew up in. Del Shannon, the 60s, like, mm-hmm. pre Fantastic. rocker. Yeah, Runaway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you ever come visit us, Neil, we'll go see his bust. But, uh, but yeah, a friend, our guitar player's dad thought we should be called Shotgun Shannon because Del Shannon had just blown his own head off with a shotgun earlier that year. So. Wow, this this show just came full circle because that's twice well, we now the about, shotgun. We sort of talked about Ian Curtis hanging himself when I made the joke about the necktie. And now there's a yippy little freaking dog outside my window and I can hear him. And then you did the guess, Kurt Cobain blowing his head off with a shotgun and now Del Shannon. Jesus. Yeah, I guess this one's going to be called Father's Day and Suicide. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Punk yeah. Till I Die. Oh, now there's a dog in the other window after I closed the one. That's excellent. Punk Till it's I Die. It's the ghost of Kurt Cobain coming to get you. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And Punk Till I Die podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all again soon. Yep. Yeah, stay happy. Stay free. Stay safe. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah.